Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. your engines it's time to talk about all things racing nascar indycar sports cars and formula one this is the final inspection show presented by the legendary great lakes dragaway in union grove now here's your host steve zaki Welcome to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. We certainly appreciate all their support, and looking forward to getting out there probably sooner uh, than you may may think. Uh, things are certainly opening up, and uh, we're certainly looking forward to that. Also joining me, of course, is the Polish Pipe Bomb, Jeff Orlowski. How are you doing, sir? Oh, living the dream. Can't wait for Great Lakes to open, my friend. Yeah, especially uh, as the weather, you know, we've been getting teased with some weather here in uh, southeastern Wisconsin as of late. And, of course, the uh, Midwest has kind of been cold the last couple of days with things that will be warming up once again. And uh, as they say, the natives are getting restless. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've been restless for the last two months. But, uh, but yeah, no, it's, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later we'll get... Uh, back to a new normal and uh, get everything open and uh, some of the uh, 30 plus million people that have lost their jobs can all get back to work yeah hopefully so i know a lot of people have been furloughed and hopefully getting uh getting back soon i know uh uh me and my wife were both recently uh were furloughed she's back full-time i'm still back part-time and uh but it looks like uh, things will be in the next few weeks, getting back as uh, stuff is starting opening up, and uh, yeah, we just hopefully uh, this will be just a, a, a glitch. But of course, there's some people that uh, you know some businesses are hurting, and that's why there's this kind of tug of war between you know people that say you know oh, maybe we should be careful and maybe we should open, but that's a discussion for another station. But uh, looking forward to uh, getting back to some normalcy this summer. Speaking of which, of course, a lot of people are watching a lot on Netflix and YouTube and uh, Amazon Prime and all this stuff and TV. And uh, I saw a hilarious, uh, of course, well, I'm a big Jerry Seinfeld fan, and Netflix released his uh, special uh, this week. I got to say, 
it was hilarious. I mean, we were, me, me and uh, Susan were just laughing away, and it was pretty good. Have you seen that yet? No, not yet. I, uh, I've been watching a lot of old Seinfeld, but I haven't seen the, the uh, his stand-up special. Yeah, it is really good. I would easily put it in the top five. You know, of course, uh, any of the Richard Pryor stuff, George Carlin stuff, I'm a big fan of. And then, uh, of course, uh, I think Eddie Murphy Raw is probably one of the best all time. I would probably easily put this uh, in the top five. You know, it really, really was that good. So I highly recommend it. And, you know, I mean, think, you know, I mean, as as one who likes to, uh, (laughs) you know, what's the term? Make uh, sugar out of uh, whatever, making, you know, make. Half glass full as a half glass empty. I mean, the one thing that's positive about this, uh, something that we've never imagined being locked down the way we are and everything, is thank God for the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. Uh, and, I mean, if this happened, can you imagine if this happened when we were in high school or, or younger? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, back when you had four channels, uh, no remote, all that kind of stuff. You know, that would have been, uh, I would have been in a hell of a lot better shape. You know, I was my, my <laughs> dad's remote. Go, 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 You know, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But, uh, we, were, we were the remote control when we were kids, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, uh. You know, it's uh, it's a lot nicer now having 250 channels to watch. But uh, you know, out of that 250, I probably watch about seven. You know. Yeah, I think that's true for most people. Yeah, at least you got more options if you need them. But uh, you know, I don't take full advantage. Uh, that's for sure. But um, you know, man, we're eight days away from uh, from cars hitting the racetrack and. Uh, you know, I cannot wait, Steve. I'm pumped up. Yeah, I mean, especially of, you know, I mean, I think the iRacing thing, I think people are getting a little fatigued on that, especially what happened last week at uh, at Virtual Indianapolis. And we're going to talk with George Phillips of the Oil Pressure blog uh, coming up in the next hour about that. But just, I mean, it's, it's just kind of frustrating that uh, something that's supposed to be a diversion is is causing so much uh, controversy, I guess? Yeah, you know, something that was meant to be fun and to, uh, you know, give the give the fans something to watch. But, you know, it, it's, not, it's not life or death. And, uh, you know, it, it definitely had real-world consequences, as we saw, uh, from Bubba Wallace losing a sponsor, from... Everything that happened with Kyle Larson to the stuff that you're going to talk about later in the next hour on the IndyCar side, you know, there's definitely some real-world consequences to uh, to these video games that uh, we're supposed to just kind of, you know, fill a couple hours of our time and uh, and give us something mildly entertaining while there wasn't actual racing going on. Yeah, it really is, and it it's. I guess it is just a video game, <laughs> you know, and I guess some people are maybe taking some of the fans or maybe taking it too seriously, but then maybe that's why they're called fans because fans, of course, is the root word of fanatic. So, um, you know, I, I but 
The thing it, is, for is something... that, yes, the, the fans take it, uh, you know, it's, it's just a video game until your driver gets wrecked out. And then all of a sudden, yeah, exactly. you know, yep. people get all heated up and everything. But my issue is that, um, you know, beyond that, and the fans are going to, you know, NASCAR fans aren't happy unless they're angry. And, <laughs> you know, the uh, a bitching about fantastic races that happen and all that, that were wildly entertaining and they're still bitching about it. Or bitching about a race that just sucks, uh, which, you know, they have the right to. But, you know, NASCAR fans aren't happy unless they're mad. Uh, my problem is that the sponsors, you know, and yes, I understand that, especially some of the quote unquote iRacing specialists, you know, the people that do this stuff and, uh, and actual, have actual real life sponsors that help them get their equipment and all this kind of stuff. And, um, you know, they, they fund money to, to some of these guys to do these iRacing. Uh, the fact that, you know, they're the ones that are acting like it's life or death. Now, I understand the whole Kyle Larson thing because that goes beyond racing. Right. That just goes to humanity uh, with him dropping the N-bomb and the... Um, you know, blowback that he's got from that and the consequences that he's faced that I know we're going to touch on that here in a little bit as well. But uh, that I understand. But, you know, Bubba Wallace rage quitting and losing a real-life sponsor and money, you know, stuff like that. It Everybody seems to be taking this a little too personal, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I I, I agree. It's It's supposed to be a diversion a alternative and sadly the thing is well i don't think sadly but i mean once the real racing starts who's going to remember this stuff yeah it's you all going to be forgotten and right the the thing is you know at the end of the day there's no prize money there's no trophies timmy hill is not going to be known as a nascar winner when the cars hit the track again so, you know, all this stuff is just virtual, quote-unquote, fun and games. But like I said, you know, there's been some serious real-life consequences for some of these guys. And with the exception of Kyle Larson, it, it, it seems uh, a little silly to me. Now, I do know that everybody's tensions are probably running high. We're going on about, what, two months of this whole lockdown thing, so... You know, you've been surrounded by your wife and family the whole time. And, uh, and yes, you know, that's stressful. And, uh, you know, uh, until the golf courses opened up last week, there was absolutely nothing you could do for fun. Couldn't go to the movies. You can't go out to eat. You can't do anything. And, um, you know, but imagine if you don't golf, you still got nothing. So, yes, I understand everybody's emotions are probably running a little high. Everybody's looking for an outlet to complain about something. But uh, but it just seems a little a little crazy. It certainly has. Let's take a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, Kyle Larson. We got some Kyle Larson news coming up next on the final inspection. Steve Zotke here talking with the Polish Pipe on Jeff Farlowski. We'll have more coming up next on the final inspection show. 
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zaki along with Jeff Orlowski talking NASCAR. And uh, now we're going to switch gears and talk a little sprint car racing because, Jeff, they were racing last night at Knoxville Raceway in Knoxville, Iowa. And uh, the re- it was the return of uh, Kyle Larson, who was driving to Paul Silva. I believe it's the 57 car uh, sponsored by Finley Farms, in which he finished 10th. And... Uh, that was uh, the first time we had racing back on a more of a national scale. They did the, the race uh, in uh, South Dakota uh, last week, but it was David Gravel winning the race. Uh, were you tempted to take a ride out there and, and uh, <laughs> watch it from a hill? Or I was, but you know they didn't allow fans in there. Right. But, uh, but yes, <laughs> you know that that would have been a uh, a nice trip to take and. Uh, like you said, it was Kyle Larson's first time on the track since his whole incident during the iRacing event. Um, he was never suspended by the World of Outlaws, but he was required to take a sensitivity class, which they said that he did com- uh, complete. And so a 10th place finish for him. Uh, congratulations to David Gravel. Is there a better name for a uh, any kind of driver than David Gravel? You know, the only name that probably could be better for a dirt track guy would be if his name was Joe Dirt. And uh, uh, barring that uh, happening, I think David Gravel's uh, a, a pretty damn good name for a uh, a dirt car racer. Yeah, they had 48 cars out there. Uh, they started 26 in the feature. And like you said, David Gravel won. Ian Madsen was second with Logan Schubert, Darren Pittman, and Corey Eliason uh, rounding out the f- Top five, Donnie Schatz was six. Uh, some big names, uh, Brian Brown, who's the track, who's the many-time track champion out at uh, uh, Knoxville, was eighth. Uh, you had Brad Sweet, Larson, of course. Uh, Terry McCarl, Austin McCarl, Brooke Tatnall, Kerry Madsen. So you had some pretty big uh, names out there. Rico Abreu, Craig Kinzer. So it's pretty neat to have some racing. Kind of a good way to uh, for motorsports to kind of put that uh, toe in the water, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it is, and uh, you know, it just it helps build the uh, the excitement for next Sunday and uh, and the return of NASCAR at uh, at Darlington, and um, you know, it uh, it's a good uh, definitely a good appetizer, and uh, can't wait for the main course next week. Now, obviously, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, and. Uh, if you haven't gotten uh, your wife anything for Mother's Day, you better get out there and get it because uh, she might say that she doesn't want anything, and with the quarantine, it might be a little harder, but uh, you will still be judged. Yeah, this is true. This is true. And then, uh, of course, uh, I, I sent you a video earlier today to take a look at. This is kind of cool. Um which I thought they had done this early. Well, they did it. This was late last year they did this. Uh, but Dale Earnhardt Jr. posted it uh, on his account. And that's about bringing with iRacing, bringing back the North Wilkesboro racetrack. And I, th- I thought it was compelling on a couple, uh, couple of levels because, as you know, I'm a big fan of racing history and that. And it's a, it's a rare chance to recreate history, isn't it? When you have a track that hasn't been active in, in over 20 years, and it's still there though, and it's pretty cool. The the video uh, entails them, uh, you know, uh, Junior kind of shaking the trees and saying, "Hey, hey, let's let's get this done. Let's get some people out there and clean up the track." 
And what that entailed was getting all the grass through the cracks and everything out because it was also kind of a learning experience too. And it kind of showed uh, Jeff how they how they how they did it, and how they can recreate these tracks. And uh, they have to clear the track completely because the when they when they do a laser shot of it when the simulator uh the the sim will interpret any of the grass as like a solid structure so if you're racing hit the grass it's gonna feel like instead of a three inch piece of clump of grass it's gonna be like asphalt so it has to be cleared out and uh it takes them it took them what i think it was two to three days and when they scan it it's kind of like a it, it's this laser it's just about 10 feet off the ground and it takes them about 45 minutes to do 400 feet and I, that must be one hell of a SIM card, isn't it? <laughs> you know how much memory that must take up? Oh, my Un gosh. Unreal. <laughs> it, it was, it was, I learned a lot watching that video. And if you've got a, uh, a spare 15 minutes, you know, sometime over the, the weekend or next week or however long we're yeah, locked in home prison for, check it out it uh it's definitely educational and entertaining like i said i i learned a lot from the whole thing you know north of wilkesboro is one of those uh tracks that like you said you know it hasn't been active in over 20 years but it still gets talked about every single year and whether it's because dale earnhardt senior had a lot of success there you know it was just a track that it seemed to resonate with nascar nation and it's one of those tracks that it doesn't matter you know now that it's 2020 and it's been 20 plus years or when it's 2050 and it's been 50 plus years if they don't you know uh restore it and get it back open and on the circuit it will still be talked about a bunch so it was very cool that they're able to recreate it and to uh to bring it back even though it's just eye racing but uh you know it, it's it's cool that people are able to experience that track still even though it's been gone for so long yeah i mean it's you know i think one of the reasons why it was so popular never in the history of north of wilkesboro and watching it on tv did you ever hear the term arrow push <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's for sure it was just drivers out there mano a mano and of course you know there's some controversy with uh you know ricky rudd and dale earnhardt and all that and and you know just i mean it was just it i guess the closest for the modern nascar fans would be richmond which uh you know jeff and i feel are is one of the best tracks out there because it's it's a racy track and once again you don't hear that term arrow push it's just it's get the car, roll out the cars, get the best setup on it, and then uh, have the uh, drivers race it, you know. And it's, I think that's something that's might be missing a little bit. I was, I was a little frustrated with the return of NASCAR, though, with, with these, uh, you know, with the idea of shortened races, which I agree of. But then they're talking about the, I, you know, it's one of these things you kind of forget about. But it's like, oh no, that don't don't tell me they're bringing back segments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was hoping that they would just say enough of the segments for these for this group of racing. I know it. Uh, it seems like you know at least at least for this season, it's definitely not going anywhere. Um, you know, I'm sure that maybe maybe down the road, but there there's got to be reasons why they uh, 
why they like it and they're they're trying to force feed it to everybody but because uh, it doesn't it seems to be losing popularity uh yeah no, i don't think it was ever hugely popular to begin with but it seems like it's losing popularity the longer we go you know forced cautions has long been an issue and uh, the fans, you know, got all up in arms with these phantom debris tossings at the end to try to create an exciting finish because, oh, my God, this guy has a three- or four-second lead or a ten-second lead, and we can't have this just be a runaway. You know, we've got to sit there and have a restart or, or ten, so everybody, we could try to ruin, you know, three-quarters of the of the field, even though we're quote unquote trying to save the owner's money at the same time. So, you know, it's the same with NASCAR, you know, one step forward, two steps back, but, uh, you know, at least, uh, at least it's, you know, we're, the light is at the end of the tunnel and we're about to get back. All eyes are going to be on auto racing, uh, at least for a few weeks. And I think that once, uh, once the, the TV viewership comes in, both for the um, weekend cup race and then also on like the the Wednesday nights uh, when they run the midweek races at Darlington and Charlotte, I think that uh, you're going to see these leagues start to uh, to clamor to get back ASAP because I have a feeling that the ratings are going to be through the roof. You've got the NBA who's, you know, they're opening up their practice facilities in some states that are easing the uh, – the home imprisonment, but, um, uh, so, you know, they're already, you know, slowly moving the wheels forward, but that doesn't seem like it's anywhere near, uh, coming to, uh, to fruition. But, uh, I bet that, uh, you know, once these numbers come down, you'll see everything just speed up quickly. Yeah, it certainly will. And, uh, of course, uh, we, we were mentioning in North Wilkesboro, that's actually going to be the featured uh, iRace on Fox uh, this afternoon. So, uh, Yeah, and what laps. a cool track where, you know, the, the yeah. front stretch is downhill, the back stretch is uphill. You know, there's a lot of quirks on that track that you just don't see anymore. Uh, everything, you know, for, you know, now it's, Oh, I like this track because there's excellent tire wear, <laughs> you know, because it, or something small like that because it, it it sets the difference. That's what was so fun about Atlanta. I remember, you know, three four years back, um, there were three laps to go and there was a caution, and everybody came down pit road because even though, you know, you were coming to a green white checker. If you didn't have fresh rubber, you were going to get, you would have gone from, from first to 20th. And, uh, tires made, you know, such a difference and everything like that. And, um, uh, it, it, it's nice to see a track that has quirks and is, is different than a lot of these D shaped oval cookie cutters that, uh, that they're running now. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, with this North Wilkesboro uh, iRace today. Of course, Dale Earner Jr. will be in it, no surprise there. Bobby Labonte, uh, once again, will be making a, an appearance. Uh, but Jeff Gordon, so it'll be interesting to see uh, how he does at North Wilkesboro. And uh, the return of, I know you're, you'll be really excited about this. Yes, it's the return of John Wood. Oh yeah, 
Yep, that'll so. get me to tune in. Uh, <laughs> you know, it. Uh, the only reason I might watch a little bit is just to see a few laps on North Wilkesboro, uh, and just you know. But I'll instead of paying attention to the action, I'll be looking at you know just the surroundings and and getting a feel for the track, and then probably shutting it off. But uh, you know, it's just. It's not my thing. And I tried iRacing. And, you know, we talked about this before. Week one was exciting. Week two was less. Week three, and then it's gone down ever since. And at least, you know, in my interest level. Will I throw it on uh, if there's absolutely nothing else on TV? Of course. Um, but usually about 15, 20 minutes later, I find myself taking a nap. Yeah, I mean, is it is it appointment viewing? Yeah, I don't know about that, but if you're flipping through the channels or something, taking a break uh, in a Saturday afternoon for lunch, and you you know, hey, there's no baseball on, and of course there's no college football on, and oh look at this, there's some i racing from you know NASCAR i racing. You might take a look at it, but uh, yeah, I kind of feel I'm in the same camp. Uh, and then just uh, we're going to take a quick break up in just a moment, talking with Jeff Orlowski and the Great Midwest Bank Hotline as we're both. Broadcasting from home, of course, we have Mayor Mitch at the station. Uh, and uh, schedule announcement. Yes, of course, NASCAR is returning to racing on May 17th. And it's going to kick off a slew of races. That includes three races at two tracks, Darlington and Charlotte. And then, of course, the Xfinity and Truck Series is also will be racing. So Jeff and I are certainly looking forward to that starting next weekend. So uh, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to talk with Dennis Michelson of Front Stretch uh frontstretch.com and dmike media as we talk about uh some of the changes because of this uh, covid19 outbreak uh, in the nascar 2020 schedule coming up next on the final inspection show final inspection final inspection now Dennis Michelson of D-Mike Media is here to give us the inside track on NASCAR and the world of short track racing. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Yes, joining us on the Great Midwest Hotline, joining Jeff and I, it is Dennis Michelson. Welcome to the show, sir. It is great to be here, Mr. Z. How is everybody up there in Wisconsin today? It's a beautiful, sunny day, but the patio door is closed. <laughs> smart move, man. It's a smart move. I just ventured back home, and it, it's pretty chilly out there. Yeah, it, it's not as bad as yesterday, but uh, temperatures should be warming up as we go along uh, throughout the week here, and we're certainly looking forward to that. Uh, big announcement. Uh, NASCAR announcing a realignment uh, for tracks for the uh, return regarding the return to racing. And the big three, of course, Chicagoland Speedway uh, has been realigned to the Darlington date on May 17th and 19th. That's the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series. The Richmond's race, the Spring Weekend race, has been realigned to the Darlington date on May 20th. And Sonoma, the event, has been realigned to Charlotte on May 27th. And... Explain to us why they had to do that, Dennis. Well, it appears that this virus that we're all living with um, 
seems to act worse uh, in Democratic-led states than Republican-led states. I don't like talking politics and mixing it with racing, but when you look at the fact that here where I am in Danville, Illinois, I can't go get a great Italian beef sandwich over at Chaco's uh, unless I get curbside pickup. But if I travel exactly two miles to my east, I'm going to be able to eat inside the Arby's uh, to get a roast beef sandwich uh, over on the Indiana side of the border. If anyone, and that's starting on Tuesday, if anyone can explain to me how two miles just across the state line, I'm any more safer. I'll I'll listen. But it's really weird. Uh, of course, state of Illinois, Chicago's having issues. Not so bad down in Joliet where the track is located. But this is all turning into this. Can we outsafe everyone else? And, you know, it was inevitable to see some of these dates get lopped off the schedule because tracks are not allowed to have fans in and they really are not allowed to have more than 50 people congregating uh, even if there are no fans in the stands. So this was kind of inevitable. We saw it coming. Some states are more aggressive in reopening than others. Um, Time will tell who's right and who's wrong, but right now it, it looks a little weird and you know, I just I still can't understand how I wouldn't be safe going up to Boswell, Indiana tonight to watch a little dirt track racing while spaced 10 feet apart from everybody. Yet I can stand in line at my Walmart um, with hundreds of people there. If anyone could explain how these viruses seem to avoid sporting events but are just fine at stores, uh, I'm all ears. Jeff? Yeah, well, I have an explanation uh, for it, and I feel the same way. You know, uh, pack like sardines into the grocery store, but, you know, you can't go sit outside. You can't bring your kid to a park uh, or, you know, anything like that. It's just, it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. Uh, A lot of the rumors, you know, there's a lot of people that think that, they're, they're cup race at Chicago land won't ever come back. And, uh, that would be sad for, for this part of the country because that's the closest track that we have. Uh, besides, you know, if Chicago land goes away, you're going to have to Michigan, I guess would be the closest. And, uh, and that's a haul to get over there. So, you know, it, we'll see what happens. Um, Chicagoland, Sonoma, uh, I don't care about those two going away this season. So I I won't miss those races that much. Chicagoland hasn't been – they had a pretty decent race last year. But uh, besides that, it hasn't been exciting in in a handful of years. And you know how I feel about road racing. So the only one I'm going to miss is is the Richmond Spring Race. And I'm I'm, – you know – disheartened that they're not going to run it yeah i i i agree with that richmond is always a a fan favorite but uh i guess jeff brought up a a concerning point and that's what i thought of too uh dennis is you know let's face it chicagoland has i don't want to say it's been on shaky ground because they have you know good uh 
you know, because of their ownership, they have a good support underneath them. But let's face it, the attendance has not been the strongest at that track in the, in, in the recent years, has it? No, attendance has been really suffering. It it did even worse after they removed it from the first race of the chase. When it was the first race of the chase, it was selling out or coming close to a sellout. They weren't packing the infield like they used to when that track first opened, but they were at least selling the, the seats for, for Sunday's race uh, for the Cup Series. But the last, you know, now switching it back to the summer, it's a lousy time to go racing in, in Chicago uh, to get a whole bunch of people all together on a good, sweaty, hot July day. So they've been struggling again. They tried to move it up a little bit to get into a little nicer weather, and I think it might have worked. But now we're back to not having the race because of everything that's going on. And in the meantime, you've got two other factors. You've got ISC as a corporation, the owner of that track and a lot of tracks around the country, taking a huge hit financially. And you have a situation where Chicagoland Speedway was due for a repave. So they were going to have to put a lot of money into repaving that track and, and getting everything the way they want it for good racing. And meanwhile, you got a big company that is in the shipping business, and I'm not even going to mention them, but they've got a, uh, a, a facility across the street from the track in the, the industrial park that has outgrown its, its building and needs a new facility. And the rumor that I've heard, and it's just a rumor at this point, but it falls in line with everything that we're hearing at the track. The rumor is that the big track might be going away because they got a, an, a great offer that they just, you know, maybe too good to refuse. And it's just like we talked about, you know, uh, about short tracks. A lot of these short tracks around the country that have not been able to run are taking a, a big hit financially this year and have had their neighborhoods grow up around them and people complaining about the sound. You know, the typical move next to a racetrack and then complain about the sound. I don't get that. But we see it time and time again. Some of those places are going to have great real estate offers coming out of this pandemic um, that they're not going to be able to refuse as well. So I'm just afraid we're going to see a lot of tracks going by the wayside. And I would not be surprised if we have seen the last of the big, big boy races there at Chicagoland Speedway. The drag strip on the other side of the street from the main track and the dirt track are probably going to be safe, but I am worried about the big track right now. Yeah, as as I as I am too, because you know it's interesting. You know, you, you turn back the clock 25 years ago, and NASCAR returned to Milwaukee, and uh, we could easily fit in 40,000 people at that track. And you know, there was always talk about, oh, could they bring Cup here? And 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 sadly, by 1995. That that, that that had time had passed, but one of the things they always used to say was, well, if they if they brought in a NASCAR Cup, they would have to build in an entire new grandstand. Now I don't want to get into the debate between the plus and the minuses of the the old grandstand versus the new grandstand, but 
you know, that was the, it was, it was talked that, well, there's no way they could do that without putting at least 75,000 people and doubling the attendance from, you know, 35, 40,000 to where it would kind of top off to, to doubling from that. And then I, I always got a kick out of that when I, when I noticed, you know, when, when they took the seats out at, at Chicagoland Speedway and, and, and the seating capacity at Chicagoland Speedway is 47,000. I'm like, well, you know, we were close to, you know, we were hitting close to 40,000 at, at, at a bush race at Milwaukee in the mid 90s and late 90s. And I'm thinking, huh, interesting. So I, I just thought that was an inter- interesting fact because in the past it was always talked about, you know, you needed, you know, 75,000 plus to have a viable uh, NASCAR Cup race. and, and Yes, yeah, Steve, course, but, you know, you look back at the first handful of years that Chicagoland was open, and they were selling out 80,000 plus. So, yeah, well, and, you know, and here's the other thing. It's suites, though, too. The Chicagoland has suites, so it's not a really viable com- – I'm not really comparing, comparing uh, Chicagoland to Milwaukee, but I just thought it was interesting that from the, from the uh, attendance point of view – and but you but what what you really need to factor in what such Chicago land apart from Milwaukee was the suites so yeah, yeah but, you, might, you know they they did have good attendance there and and all that the the first handful of years and then when uh, you know a lot of these places you know a lot of this blame goes all the way back to the car tomorrow and how awful. That was, and I think those handful of years killed uh, killed all the momentum, and they haven't been able to get it back. It was a case of greed at Chicagoland Speedway that, that bit them in the butt as well. Um, they used to demand that everybody, in order to get tickets to the cup race, would have to buy a season ticket package that included the trucks, included – uh, the at that time, the, I guess it was even still a Bush series when it started, it included ARCA and it included IndyCar. And not only did you have to buy tickets, if you wanted to park in the infield at the facility, you had to pay for all of those events as far as parking your camper uh, there as well or your catering truck or anything else that you wanted to do. And a lot of the folks are not crossover fans between IndyCar and stock cars. So they lost a lot of people when they started doing that, and that was their downfall. Um, they they turned that around, and they started being better neighbors uh, in recent years, and it was all to do with the new track president there uh, that has done a fantastic job. But they started their own problem back in the day. But here's the thing, guys. Everybody's gotten so ramped up with the fear over this coronavirus. Are we going to even see big crowds want to return for sporting events for the next year or two if people are still frantic about everything? Could we be seeing the new normal be 30,000 people at a football game instead of 65? Are we going to see... 25 to 30,000 as the new normal at a, at a, an auto race for cup or, or that, are we going to see half the people at the Indy 500? I mean, these are the things that you just don't know how people are going to respond. Granted, 
I would say auto racing fans are probably going to be a little bit uh, more in the way of uh, willing to get together in big numbers than maybe some other events might. Interesting points. Yeah, uh, I don't let... think there's any chance that you're going to see numbers like that. You know, first weekend that the SEC is going to be playing in college football, they will be sold out, and those stands are going to be packed. And if the golf courses in, in Wisconsin that have been open for a week and have cars spilling out and parking up and down the streets because they are so jam-packed, uh, from people who are tired of staying home, they're tired of the the home imprisonment and all that kind of stuff. They need to get out and do something. They're going to go to sporting events, and if you want to, if you think that the first game at Lambeau Field, regular season games, only going to draw twenty five, thirty grand, I, I'll bet my house on that. That's it's going to be, it's going to be packed well, as well. It would be all because of state rules because. The state of Virginia has already been talking about when college football returns in the fall that they might only allow half the stadium to be filled and every other seat empty. I mean, we may see some really stupid things from state governments. Never underestimate the ability of a politician to screw things up. Very That's a true. good point. That's a good point, Dennis. Uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Steve Zaki, along with Chuck Orlowski, the Polish Pipe Bob, and joining us on the Green Midwest Bank Hotline, it is Dennis Michelson. Dennis, something happened 50 years ago today. Jeff, you can chime in too. Uh, not a, not particularly a good thing, but it happened at Darlington, and it is very memorable. And it happened to the king. Anybody want to guess? Oh, boy. That wasn't... That wasn't the, the race he hit the pit wall real hard there, was it? Ding, 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 ding. We have a winner. Yes, it is Richard oh. Petty's spectacular crash oh. at Darlington in 1970. Oh, every time I see that, I hurt all over. That was <laughs> nasty. That was well, nasty. That was 50 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. It is a uh, driving a... Uh, a roadrunner, Plymouth big brick of a roadrunner, and oh. uh, he, he loses control coming off of four, hits the pit wall, and it goes into flips, barrel rolls, and, and uh, this is before window nets, and uh, old Richard is hanging out of the car a bit, and it's, it is oh. quite, uh, quite grisly looking, and uh, it, it was, uh, I believe it happened on, not live TV, but I think it was on tape delay, and... Uh, yeah, he was a lucky boy on that one. I think that race might have been broadcast live in parts of the southeast, though. Um, okay. I remember, I remember getting it the next week on ABC Wide World of Sports as a kid, and uh, I, 
And I remember even back then they, they did like a disclaimer about, you know, before they showed the video. That's, you know, they were, they were warning people because of that was a gruesome hit. Yeah, and it, you know, I, and one thing I kind of never understood with um, uh, safety is you had a situation which uh, Joe Weatherly and Billy Foster got killed at Riverside in a very, very similar accident where their throttles hung up going into turn eight, which was after a long straightaway, so they had maximum velocity. They couldn't stop the car. They hit the and and Riverside uh, only had a wall like yep. like an oval right at the edge of the track. And unfortunately, uh, cause head injuries when their when their helmets uh, hit the hit hit the wall, and you know they 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 never really did anything regarding window nets, although there was some talk of it, and and some drivers did have in, uh, window nets, but they weren't mandatory. After this, uh, after this accident with Petty at Darlington 50 years ago today, they did uh, they they were mandatory then. It, when you see all the amazing, horrible hits that Richard Petty had in his career, it's kind of amazing the man lived to tell about it. It's it's pretty crazy. It's like him and A.J. Foyt. If you oh, count yeah. between yeah. them the, the amazing hard wrecks that they had uh, in all kinds of race cars, um, you know, it's, it's a wonder the Killer Bees couldn't get uh, A.J. a few years ago and <laughs> Why nothing seems to to be able to get the king? Thank goodness. And and Dennis, maybe you can uh, refresh my memory, but wasn't there a uh, like a TV movie or something on Richard Petty, which this is kind of like the uh, the ending of it or something around it? I remember because uh, they're they're showing if if they you know NASCAR did the NASCAR vault. Uh, those little mini documentaries a couple years ago, yeah. and they used some yeah. clips from that movie in there. And I'm trying to remember. I could probably look it up. I just thought of it now. Uh, yeah, there's a uh, there's a Richard Petty kind of movie. You know, it's kind of like that. Remember the uh, George Hamilton Evil Knievel movie? Now they were oh, doing a lot yeah. of those TV movies, and they did one on Richard Petty. And I don't remember how. I remember seeing it a couple times when I was a kid, but I haven't seen it in you know, many, many years, but yeah. And I remember that accident from that movie. I was like, whoa, that's pretty heavy stuff. So the old I, I know we're running out of time here. One thing I want to get Dennis's opinion on. Hey, Dennis, uh, Kyle Larson has listed both his house and the house, the brand new house that he was having built uh, for sale in North Carolina. Do we uh, take that as a hint that he might not, be interested in returning to the cup series or do you think he's doing this just as a cost-saving measure in case he has to sit out a a full season or two because of uh, the transgression that he uh, committed during the i-race yeah it's amazing how you lose about 10 million dollars plus in income in a year and you got to make some some big changes i know you know, when that happened to me a few years ago, I had to I had to get rid of the summer house. But um, but yeah, no, I'm not so sure I would read into this that he's done with NASCAR or NASCAR is done with him. I think this is just hey, I'm going to save myself some money and I'm going to uh, I'm going to bail while while bailing's good. Um, but yeah, I I don't 
look at this as any telltale sign that he's not coming back uh, to NASCAR. I, I almost wanted to, yeah. to get your opinion, sir, to steer the No, no, uh, I was, that was my next point. We, uh, we were thinking on the same wavelength, so that's where I was going to go with this. So thank you, Jeff. That's why you're the co-host. <laughs> I thought it was my good look, Steve. <laughs> Dennis, what's the latest? What's going on in the world of Dennis Michelson uh, in the media world? Well, just uh, doing my fun stuff down here with ag programming on uh, WITY Radio down in Danville. We're the ag station for Ileana. And uh, then when I'm not busy here at the radio station uh, doing tea time with the Chicago Wildfire and also already starting to get our uh, plans together for uh, for covering hockey next year for the Danville Dashers. And, of course, the uh, race monitor uh, wide world of motorsports uh, still uh, waiting to, to blast off that podcast when we get a little bit of racing news that we could actually talk about some exciting racing here. So lots of stuff keeping us busy uh, lately, including uh, – writing a few articles for fakepigskin.com on fantasy football. So uh, just I haven't gotten into Korean baseball yet, but just about covering everything else I can find. All right. Very good, Dennis. Dennis, certainly appreciate it, and look, uh, looking forward to chatting with you next week. All right, guys. All right, guys. You take care now. And, uh, Jeff, we certainly appreciate, appreciate you joining the show, and, uh, you know, we will uh, we will chat again, sir. Yeah, yep, next week and uh, right before we get cars on the track. Actual cars on an actual track. Cannot wait. All right, looking forward to it. Thank you, Jeff. And now is uh, Jeff Orlowski and Dennis Michelson joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Has your passion outgrown your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. When we come back, we'll be talking with George Phillips from oilpressure.com, talking IndyCar racing, coming up next on the Final Inspection Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.